probably seen the news and uh, the violence on there, and it is, reminds us that we have been in a very difficult year, but today we celebrate the baptism of our Lord, and we are reminded of who we are and whose we are in our baptism, and that's what we'll celebrate today. And that is a big part also of the Epiphany Feast is the baptism of our Lord, showing us who He is and who we are in Him. And as we begin, we will begin with, entrance, with the entrance hymn, hymn number 398 in your hymnals.
We continue with the Matin service. O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia. Oh, come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth, the strength of the hills is his also. is his, and he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The Lord is risen indeed. Continue with the intro as it's found on the first inside page of your bulletin. Behold, the Lord, the ruler, has come. I have found David, my servant. I will sing of the steadfast love of the Lord forever. He shall cry to me, You are my Father. I will make him the firstborn. My steadfast love I will keep for him forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Behold, the Lord, the ruler, has come. I have found David, my servant. The Old Testament reading for this feast of the baptism of our Lord is from Joshua chapter 3. Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out, from Shittim, 
And they came to the Jordan, he and all the people of Israel, and lodged there before they passed over. At the end of three days, the officers went through the camp and commanded the people, As soon as you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God being carried by the Levitical priests, then you shall set out from your place and follow it. The Lord said to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And as for you, command the priests who bear the Ark of the Covenant, when you come to the brink of the waters of the Jordan, you shall stand still in the Jordan. And when the soles of the feet of the priests bearing the Ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of the Jordan. The waters of the Jordan shall be cut off from flowing, and the waters coming down from above shall stand in one heap. So when the people set out from their tents to pass over the Jordan, with the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people, and as soon as those bearing the Ark had come as far as the Jordan, and the feet of the priests bearing the Ark were dipped in the brink of the water, Now, the Jordan overflows all its banks throughout the time of harvest. The waters coming down from above stood and rose up in a heap very far away at Adam, the city that is beside Zarathon. And those flowing down toward the Sea of Arabah, the Salt Sea, were completely cut off. And the people passed over opposite Jericho. Now the priests, bearing the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, stood firmly on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan, and all Israel was passing over on dry ground until all the nation finished passing over the Jordan. This is the word of the Lord. Blessed be the Lord God, blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel. Blessed be his glorious name forever. The epistle is from 1 Corinthians chapter 1. For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. He is the source of your life in Christ Jesus, whom God made our wisdom and our righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let the one who boasts boast in the Lord. This is the word of the Lord.
Please rise for the reading of the Holy Gospel. Alleluia. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the third chapter. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for thus it is filling for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water. And behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. This is the Gospel of our Lord.
We begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Since I've come to Christ the King, we've had just about as many baptisms as as we've had funerals. We've had five baptisms and four funerals. It's been a busy 18 months for our little congregation. But that goes to show we know what baptism looks like. At CTK, this is how it goes. Our font is near the doors in the back. So everyone has to stand up in the pews and turn around when the rite begins. We hear first how the child is named. Then we hear from his sponsors. Then we ask, usually through the sponsors, if they believe the creed. Then the child is baptized. Water poured over his head as the name of the most holy trinity is said. All while the child, of course, wails and screams a deathly fit. Afterward, the family gets its pictures taken near the font. We celebrate with a baptismal cake, and then everyone goes home. It's wonderful. We remember each baptism fondly. I certainly do. And when we think of baptism in the church, this is what we remember. That's what it looks like. It's what we picture in our heads. When we hear there's going to be a baptism, this is what we expect. But in the gospel reading... Did you notice Jesus' baptism from John? Well, it looks a little different. Let's look closer at this. After Jesus' birth, after his flight to and from Egypt, Joseph brings our Lord to Nazareth. That's where Jesus grows up. After all the drama with Herod, all is quiet with Jesus for three decades. There's no more angels, no more shepherds, no more star or magi. He's just hidden there for 30 years. Until this text here in Matthew 3, where Jesus busts onto the scene, leaving his quiet abode in Galilee and beelining it to John in the Jordan. And of course, what else would John be doing in the Jordan but baptizing? That's why he's John the Baptist. But to understand why Jesus' baptism might look different than ours, you need to be able to picture John's baptism as well, which also looks a little different. Now, if you were a Jew in John's day, maybe you'd go and listen to this, this prophet, this John that everyone around Jerusalem is talking about. You'd hear him preach about repentance, about the coming of the kingdom, about the axe being laid at the root of the trees, and if you received his message. If you wanted to be his disciple and follow in what he was saying, you'd seek to be baptized by John. So you'd go to the Jordan. You'd line up on the banks. When it was your turn, you'd get into the water, go up to John, and tell him your name. And as you stood before him, you'd confess your sins to John. Maybe sins of dishonoring your parents, adulterous desires, theft, extortion, gossip, whatever it was. All the sins that we have in our lives as well. You'd confess them to John. Then John would baptize you. Now, probably not with a shell or with his hand and pouring water over your head. That's one way of baptizing, but not what John probably did. John probably probably would grab you by the shoulders, submerge you in the running waters, and then bring you back up. Because that's generally how you baptize in a river. But notice what's missing from what we're used to. There's no sponsors. There's no direct asking if you 
renounce the devil, although there is repentance. There is no asking about believing a creed. There is no flood flood prayer like we have from Luther. And there's no Trinitarian name. So if John didn't baptize in the Trinitarian name, what do you think he said as he baptized people and submerged them in the waters? Now, we don't know for sure, but we could probably safely assume that as he baptized the people, he said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's what John was known for saying. It would make sense if he was known for it because that's what he said when he baptized you. Because John's baptism was a sinner's baptism, one of repentance, of confessing that you are a sinner. So after John baptized you with water, he would tell you, so that you would remain prepared for the kingdom of heaven, he'd tell you to bear fruit in keeping with repentance. That is, you've repented of your sin, so now go care for your elderly parents. Love your wife and adore her. Don't extort your neighbor and cheat him. Be content instead with what you have. Speak well of your neighbor. Bear fruit in keeping with repentance to be ready. And after that, you'd go home, a disciple of John, living in repentance. Now that's what John's baptism looks like. And it all hung on these words, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Baptizing is what John did. And the message he proclaimed, that message right there, is what he baptized people into. But again, Jesus, when he leaves Galilee, he beelines it for John. Now John figures out who this is, and he's stunned. Because it's unmistakable With the way our Lord came to John, it's unmistakable what he wants. He wants to be baptized by John. But if you're John, you're giving giving the sinner's baptism, which God the Father commanded you to give. So how are you supposed to handle Jesus with this? John's baptism was to prepare people for God's righteousness. That's who Jesus is, God's righteousness. It was to tell people the kingdom of heaven was at hand. And here's Jesus, the king, meaning the kingdom of heaven is right there in front of you. John's baptism was to lead people to confess their sins. But here's Jesus, who's righteous, who's perfect. He's the lamb without any blemish. Was Jesus really wanting John to baptize him, as John said, submerging Jesus into the waters, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand? (laughs) John says, I need to be baptized by you, and you come to me? John here doesn't want to consider it. He was not about to baptize Jesus as a sinner. He didn't want to lower Jesus into the water to be counted with himself and all other sinners. To let people think that Jesus is sin. Because John sees Jesus as above him. John sees himself as a sinner that he is. He sees himself in this sinner's baptism. But all of this is exactly what Jesus wants. 
And he says, let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to to fulfill all righteousness. Understand here what Jesus is telling John. In effect, he's saying, I descended from heaven to be with sinners. Jesus is saying, I became man to lower and humiliate myself to be counted with them. I assumed the flesh of man to become sin for them. The unblemished lamb came to be counted among those, among us, who carry around every blemish, spot, stain, and brokenness that we've been conceived in. Jesus came to descend into the waters with us. He came to die. So John relents and baptizes Jesus. And as Jesus is submerged, the king comes into the message of the kingdom. When John says over him, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, he took every blemish and sin that John had washed off all other sinners. And he took all that into himself. All the filth that was left in the water, Jesus takes to himself. As Jesus was raised from those waters by John, his flesh was united to all those that were baptized into him. So we've gotten a picture now of what Jesus' baptism looks like and what it means. And so far, it does feel different than what your baptism or what my baptism or what any other baptism we've seen or witnessed, what they look like. There's different words. It seems to be different rites. They, they're at a river. We're at a small font. But the picture of Jesus' baptism doesn't stop there because Jesus then ascends from the water. And that's when everything really gets crazy. The Holy Spirit in the form of a dove descends from heaven upon to Jesus and seems to possess him. Then the heavens rip open as a booming voice. Perhaps the only time the voice was heard was at Sinai, but this booming voice comes and rumbles and says, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. Now those at CTK that have been around longer than I have could correct me, and maybe those of you and other congregations throughout the world could correct me as well, but I don't think anyone, including myself, has witnessed at a baptism a dove coming down from heaven, possessing the one being baptized as they scream at the font, or has seen the heavens part and a moving voice come down and rumble for all to hear, proclaiming something about the one who is baptized. That seems quite a bit different from what we witness day to day, every Sunday at church, doesn't it? Yet this is Jesus. Of course it's different. And is it really a surprise? Jesus is, after all, the Son of God. Hasn't the Holy Spirit always been with him? Hasn't the Father always been pleased with his Son from all eternity, according to his divinity? According to his being God? Is anything really surprising here? Is anything really changing here? What's the big deal about all of this? Well, we have to look closer to see. 
What's shocking here, what's truly surprising here, is that a man coming out of the waters who is fully man, that's who the Holy Spirit is descending upon. The Holy Spirit is possessing the flesh of man. The Father is parting the heavens and proclaiming a man is his dear son, is giving the verdict that this, with this man, he is well pleased. Now ask yourself this, when was the last time in scripture when God could look at a man and from that man's own merits, from whom that man is in and of himself, could say of that man, I am well pleased? Who else in the scripture has God said that about that's a man? Well, nobody. At least nobody since he looked at creation at the end of the sixth day and saw that all of it, including man on that day, was good. But not since the fall of Adam could God look at any man on his own merits, on his own being, any man, whether it be Adam or Noah, Abraham, Moses, David, you, me, whoever, there is no one that God could look at on their own merits and being and could say about that man, with him I am well pleased. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. Since the fall, not once could God look down on earth and not say, there is none that who does good, not even one. God always had to say it every time he looked on the earth since the fall. When he looked at us from who we were in our conception, he only saw men who lie and deceive, who gossip and curse against those who anger us. He, was, he saw only mankind who were quick to spill each other's blood, thirst for power, and ruin the lives of others for control. We saw that this week. Did anyone who stormed the Capitol, did they really fear God? This week, were people not eager to shed blood as five lives were lost? Were there not talking heads and loose tongues quick to deceive and spin the event for, for, for political gain and power? We saw that this week. And that's what the Lord has always seen from the time of Adam and the fall to before Jesus was incarnate. That's all the Lord saw on earth. He saw nothing but our sin, our blemish. That not one was perfect outside of his grace. That is, until he saw his son in the flesh, his son in our flesh, who descended and lowered himself into the waters, humiliating himself to be counted among us and with us who are sinners. His son who took our flesh and exalted it. That's what Jesus was doing. He was exalting our flesh as he ascended from the watery abyss of our sin there in the Jordan after his baptism. You see, it's not that the Son is one with the Father and the Holy Spirit and His divinity. He is and always has been. That's not surprising here. Here what's surprising is that on the banks of the Jordan, 
After being united to sinners in baptism and counted with them, Jesus takes our flesh and descends. The Holy Spirit, for the first time since Adam was created, descends upon the flesh of a man. The Father, for John and all to witness, exalts this man as his son with whom he is well pleased. And because Jesus does this in our flesh as a man with us, counted with us, you see here our righteousness. United to him in baptism, he ascends from the waters with our sins, our blemishes, spots, brokenness, illnessness, helplessness in this fallen world. He ascends from the waters with the guilt from our murderous thoughts and deceitful tongues, and he carries them all the way to the cross. In baptism, his baptism, our baptism, it's all the same one baptism. We are united to the flesh of him who died for our sin as he became sin for us on the cross. In baptism, we are united to the flesh of him who is righteous, Righteous and living perfectly, but more than that, righteous in having mercy for us, whom he has counted with in baptism. In baptism, he gives us this righteousness, which is his own, which he earned by the death on the cross. He shows us mercy by being counted with us. He shows us mercy by giving us his righteousness. And here's what this means. In baptism, Jesus' baptism, as different as we may may think it looks, his baptism becomes your baptism. As the pastor poured water over your head, it was as if John was grabbing your shoulders and submerging you in the Jordan. As the water dripped off your head, John was lifting you up from the waters. As the water came down upon you, so did the Holy Spirit in the form of a dove. As the Spirit lifted you up to pray, the Father in heaven was there proclaiming about you, about you, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. When you took those family pictures afterwards, God now sees in those pictures not a sinner, but the righteousness of his Son. As you went home from the font, you began your life in this verdict of God the Father, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. You carry that around with you ever since your baptism, wherever you go. This is what God proclaims about you for your entire life in baptism. These words stay with you. As you live in repentance, as you keep in the fruits of repentance, as you're living in the righteousness of Christ, living in the righteousness of Christ, which means it's all been done for you, where you can now, like Christ, live in mercy toward others around you, others you're counted with, just as he had mercy on you. It's what God proclaims about you from the font all the way until your funeral, because every baptism Every baptism that we witness will be met with a funeral. And we know what funerals look like as well. It's where the white pall will be put over your casket to mark you as one who has been baptized. It's where the pastor will proclaim from the pulpit, 
well done, good and faithful servant. Which is really the same as as what he says at your graveside, where God will proclaim through him, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased as you are lowered into the ground. Which are the same words you will hear when your body is raised on the last day as you were baptized not only to Christ's death, but also his resurrection. Where resurrected, your baptism will be completed in Christ as you join him in the skies with perfect hearts and perfect bodies, cleansed in his blood, while he takes you to the new heavens and the new earth, the new creation, which all began here at the Jordan, where John and Jesus fulfilled all righteousness for all of mankind where we receive Christ crucified. That is, where the forgiveness of sins and eternal life for all mankind is offered through the flesh and blood of Christ in these waters, which is his blood. So don't be fooled. Jesus' baptism may look different than what we see here, but really, what we read today, it's your baptism. Because Jesus' baptism and your baptism, they're one and the same. Amen. Now may the peace of God who surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We continue with the Tadeum.
upon thee to deliver me when didst humble thyself to be born of a virgin and thou hadst overcome the sharpness of death thou didst open the kingdom of heaven to all believers thou sittest at the right hand of God Continue with the prayer, beginning with the Kyrie. O Lord, have mercy upon us. O Christ, have mercy upon us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. We pray the Ten Commandments. You shall have no other gods. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his manservant or maidservant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. We confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. 
From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We are bold to pray as our Lord has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Unto thee have I cried, O Lord, and in the morning shall my prayer prevent thee. Let my mouth be filled with thy praise, and with thy honor all the day. O Lord, hide thy face from my sins, and blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me, O God, a clean heart, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Vouchsafe, O Lord, this day, to keep us without sin. O Lord, have mercy upon us, have mercy upon us. O Lord, let thy mercy be upon us, as our trust is in thee. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. The Lord be with you, and with thy spirit. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Let us pray. Father in heaven, at the baptism of Jesus in the Jordan River, you proclaimed him your beloved Son and anointed him with the Holy Spirit. Make all who are baptized in his name faithful in their calling as your children and inheritors with him of everlasting life. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Almighty and most merciful God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we give you thanks for all your goodness and tender mercies, especially for the gift of your dear Son and for the revelation of your will and grace. And we beseech you so to implant your word in us that, in good and honest hearts, we may keep it and bring forth the fruits of faith by patient continuance and well-doing. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Most heartily we beseech you so to rule and govern your church Catholic with all her pastors and ministers, that we may be preserved in the pure doctrine of your saving word whereby faith toward you may be strengthened, love and charity increased in us toward all mankind, and your kingdom extended. Send forth laborers into your harvest, and sustain those whom you have sent, that the word of reconciliation may be proclaimed to all people, and the gospel preached in all the world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. 
grant health and prosperity to all who are in authority, especially to Donald, our president, Joseph, our president-elect, the Congress of these United States, Kim, our governor, the legislature of this state, and to all our judges and magistrates, and endue them with grace to rule after your good pleasure, to the maintenance of righteousness, and to the hindrance and punishment of wickedness, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord God, Heavenly Father, as we have witnessed and felt the devastation of the violence over these months, from the rioting over the summer to the rioting this week in the breach of our national capital, including all the political turmoil that comes with it, we humbly confess unto you that by our evil doing and continual disobedience, we have deserved these your chastisements. Yet we earnestly beseech you for your name's sake to spare us from further national violence and calamity. Restrain the harmful power of the enemy. Secure your suffering people that your word may be declared faithfully and without hindrance. And that we, amending our sinful lives, may walk obedient to your holy commandments. Lord, in your mercy. May it please you also to turn the hearts of our enemies and adversaries, that they may cease their enmity and hostilities, and be inclined to walk with us in meekness and in peace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. All who are in trouble, want, sickness, anguish of labor, peril of death, or any other adversity, especially those who are in suffering for your name's sake, comfort, O God, with your Holy Spirit, that they may receive and acknowledge their afflictions as the manifestation of your fatherly will. Especially this day do we pray for all those we name in our hearts. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Although we have deserved your righteous wrath and manifold punishments, yet we entreat you, O most merciful Father, remember not the sins of our youth nor our many transgressions, but out of your unspeakable goodness, grace, and mercy, defend us from all harm and danger of body and soul. Preserve us from false and pernicious doctrine, from war and bloodshed, from plague and pestilence, from all calamity by fire and water, from hail and tempest, from failure of harvest and from famine, from anguish of heart and despair of your mercy, and from an evil death. And in every time of trouble, show yourself a very present help, the Savior of all men, and especially of them that believe. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Cause all needed fruits of the earth to prosper, that we may enjoy them in due season. Give success to the Christian training of the young, to all lawful occupations on land, sea, and air, and to all pure arts and useful knowledge, and crown them with your blessing. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Receive, O God, our bodies and souls and all our talents together with the offerings we bring before you. For by his blood, your Son has purchased us to be your own, that we may live under him in his kingdom. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. 
as we are strangers and pilgrims on earth. Help us by true faith and a godly life to prepare for the world to come, doing the work you have given us to do while it is day, before the night comes, when no one can work. And when our last hour shall come, support us by your power and receive us into your everlasting kingdom. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Show me thy ways, O Lord. Alleluia. Teach me thy paths. Alleluia. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who hast safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, might be righteous in thy sight. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. Let us pray together. We give thanks unto thee, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, thy dear Son, that thou hast protected us through the night from all danger and harm. And we beseech thee to preserve and keep us this day also from all sin and evil, that in all our thoughts, words, and deeds we may serve and please thee. Into thy hands we commend our bodies and souls and all that is ours. Let thy holy angel have charge concerning us, that the wicked one have no power over us. Amen. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Bless we the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit, be with you all. Amen.